0: Thank you, Chris, so much for leading us in worship today. Um, you know, this has not been an easy week for some of the folks in our church family. We've had folks that have had a, a pipe burst uh, and have to deal with that in their house. Uh, never a good time for that. We've had people with a medical emergency. Uh, we have had uh, people dealing with a car accident. Um, and I know that there may be any number of you that are going through some other difficulties as well. So let's just uh, spend a moment uh, to pray. Here we are um, with our weekly time of being more focused on God than anything else. And going through the, the journey of life, uh, the journey of following Jesus together, sharing the journey. So will you please just join me in prayer as we pray Uh, for our fellow uh, church family members. God, I know that you are alive, that you are aware of what's going on, that you are able to act and that you're already at work. And we've already seen answers to prayer for some of the folks that have experienced the things I just described. Uh, God, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus that everyone who's watching this would be aware of your presence, in a tangible way, that we would sense your love. We would sense that you are with us. We would be able to worship you with our whole heart. We would be able to focus on you, focus on the good of what is going on, that we would love you heart and soul. God, help us to follow your guidance and to bring our cares to you today, believing that you care about us. And Lord, we definitely do ask for miracles for different ones going through difficulty this week. Miracles of provision uh, of of money that is needed to cover these unexpected expenses. Lord, Uh, miracles of finding the right contractors for things, miracles of repairs getting done quickly, Lord, Uh, but also just a healing and a refreshing from the stress. God, I thank you that we've seen healing miracles, documented medical physical healing miracles. And Lord, we ask for more healing miracles. So different ones of us right now, thinking about the names of people who need a miracle. Maybe we need a miracle in our body. God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would show your healing power right now. Do miracles of healing, we ask. And God, for all of us that have been going through extended period of stress, Lord, would you pour out your virtue? Would you pour out your grace? Would you help us to draw from you the strength that we need for our heart, Lord, that when when our heart and our flesh grows weak and and tired and weary and, and even fails us, Lord, that we could say that you are the strength of our heart. And Lord, I pray you just pour that out for people, Lord, help them to receive, Lord, strengthen their heart from you today. Let there be fresh virtue, let there be fresh grace for the experiences of life today, God, I thank you that you don't ask us to go through life alone, but you've given us each other to be in relationship with each other. Lord, please help us to to reach out, to share the journey with others, to share our struggles and to share our victories, Lord. I thank you that you've given us this opportunity. Help us today to understand what we're going to read from the scripture and what we should do about it, to be inspired, excited, and motivated, Uh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining me uh, in prayer. It's so important that we are uh, praying for each other. Uh, you know, here we are now officially at the one-year mark of doing a virtual church because of coronavirus, um, and it has not been easy. And I think it's important for us to process um, as we go forward into transitions into different types of hybrid activities and um, doing life uh, going forward. I think it's important for us to Uh, Think about what do we want to leave behind from the past year and what do we want to take forward? Maybe we've had, um, uh, maybe we're ready to just leave behind wearing a mask or or leave behind not being able to hug someone. Uh, Maybe we want to take forward the fact that we've actually maybe slowed down life a little bit and thought about what activities should we be doing? And what activities maybe should we not be doing? Maybe we've been a little bit more intentional, a little bit slower pace, a little bit more um, thankful for the identity, value, and purpose that God has given in our lives. But let's process. What what do we want to leave behind from this past year? And what do we want to take forward? I think that's helpful for us. I, I was thankful uh, that this past week I was able to get my first vaccine dose. Um, and we love and Pray for and support anyone regardless of how you uh, do think about vaccines. Um, I know that there are good questions that should be answered. Um, I hope that you're getting the church email newsletter. You'll see a link and helpful information. Reach out to us um, by web or email or phone. If you're not getting that, that's where we send really important information. Uh, coming up on Thursday night, March 18th at 7 p.m. on Zoom, we're going to have a church family town hall. Uh, it's going to be an opportunity for us to discuss the potential return to in-person services, some next steps. Um, our, our team that has been thinking about this uh, very carefully, which includes people who work full-time in the medical community studying these things, Um, They're going to get a chance to kind of hear from them um, briefly, but you're also going to get a chance to maybe even see the documents that they've been working on, some practices of of what we're going to need to be able to do in-person church. We're going to continue to do online church uh, for the foreseeable future, so these videos on YouTube and Facebook are always going to be available to you, Uh, but also it's going to give you a chance to ask questions. Um, And it's going to give you a chance to give input. Um, If you want to supply questions ahead of time, uh, please send those to the email address info at cityharborchurch.com with the subject line town hall questions. Um, And we want to make sure that we uh, get a chance to just kind of discuss this in greater detail. Also, I hope that you have received the information that this coming Saturday, March 20th, is going to be our next grocery distribution um, at the Weinberg Y. That's the Waverly YMCA on 33rd Street. The parking lot behind it, there, where we're going to supply 575 pre-sorted grocery boxes to people in need. God's given us the opportunity, alongside our partners YWAM Baltimore, to organize more than a dozen uh, churches and nonprofits and organizations and neighbors so that we can distribute that. So volunteers, we need you to arrive at 915. Uh, The truck will arrive, we'll unload that and get the organization going. We do need people that can come to greet people, to help direct traffic, to carry boxes, uh, load them into cars, and even drive and make deliveries. So a wide variety of needs there. Uh, You would need to uh, bring your own mask, uh, gloves, your own drinking water, snack. Uh, But that's this Saturday, March 20th. Please come on out. Out. and please be thinking about who do you know that you could deliver groceries to? Maybe there's someone in your neighborhood that you should reach out to, someone that has lost their job, someone that is in need. This is a great way to, to be a blessing uh, to your neighbors. So I hope that you uh, get a chance to jump in and be involved with us uh, as far as that goes. Today, I want to uh, title the message, New Clothes. This is... a uh, um, this is a new uh, denim jacket that Rebecca gave me for a special occasion. Uh, we really don't uh, spend much money on clothes and definitely have spent less this past year than usual. Um, I had The only denim jacket I had before this one was when uh, I was uh, uh, young as a teenager. Uh, my parents had saved up, got me this great denim jacket. It was so cool. Uh, now, you know, I'm old enough that back then, you know, the style was it was acid washed. And man, it, w- it was great Uh, But it was stolen from me. And, uh, man, that hurt. And, and, you know, my my parents didn't have the money to replace it. And um, Rebecca got me this jacket. I don't know. It's just a good feeling about it. I know one of the weird things about this past year is that we haven't been able to see each other in person as much. And one of those things is you haven't been able to maybe... Uh, get a compliment for uh, for uh, a new piece of clothing that you're wear- wearing, maybe something that's new to you. Um, it's kind of hard to see, you know, on Zoom uh, that. And when somebody gives you some new clothing, um, it can be this moment of, uh, wow, this person cares about me, but this person knows me. Like Rebecca knew kind of how it was, you know, privately feeling about uh, maybe, you know, having a, a denim jacket and... Um, it's, it's also, it's a way to feel loved. It's also a, a way uh, for you, you kind of share this moment of community, of, of, of a sense of belonging, of, hey, this person knows me, this person cares about me. And we're going to look at Colossians chapter three today. And in Colossians chapter three, on more than one occasion, what's being said is put on these spiritual clothes, put on these spiritual clothes. And uh, so we're going to, we're going to look at that. Um, this is a part five in our series, what's next talking about, um, what we see for ourselves as a church family going forward. And I think this one today is really important for us to consider and putting on, uh, these new spiritual clothes. Um, so let's, let's turn to, uh, Colossians, uh, chapter three and just setting it up, um, Colossae is this area uh, kind of upriver from Ephesus, and uh, the people here that are being talked about, it's a diverse city, you've got pagan religions, you've got Jewish mysticism, you've got a number of different things economically uh, that are going on in the city, but the people to whom this letter is written are people that found spiritual cleansing, freedom from the guilt of their past new spiritual life and the love of God for them through this miracle of Jesus. They had discovered that where life and family and business and friends and had left them not fully satisfied, maybe experiencing brokenness and heartache and difficulties, that where those things had left them still feeling a sense of emptiness, a sense of brokenness, that in Jesus Christ, there was a miracle of new spiritual life. That in Jesus Christ, there was something that they could not find anywhere else, and they had Started this journey of following Jesus with this new heart that God had given them, this spiritual cleansing, this freedom, and so that's that's the context. Uh, and so, if you're, you're not at that place yet, um, this is definitely going to sound impossible, sound strange. But it's written to people who are looking for a way to respond to God. What do I do now? What's next? Now that I've found this spiritual miracle through Jesus Christ. So Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 to 17 says this. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy. Put on these clothes, tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together, all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So this is literally, hey, put on these new spiritual clothes. As a thank you to God for the salvation that we found in Jesus Christ. They had experienced a miracle. They had had known, like I think all of us, that on their own they were not able to find ultimate fulfillment, ultimate peace. But with Jesus there was new peace. Having their sins forgiven, their spiritual cleansing of their guilt and their freedom from a compulsion to return to the mistakes had lifted a heaviness off of them. And now they were trying to respond, trying to be more focused on God than anything else. And that's what we're doing in this weekly Sabbath rhythm. We're we're having a day where we rest from whatever our labor is in life. Enjoy our family and friends and enjoy some time more focused on God than anything else as a part of our weekly rhythm. Now today, what I want to do is focus on verse 14. We read the larger section to help us with some context, but I want to focus on verse 14. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Now let's unpack these words because um, I think we need a little bit of help from this original language. This love word is the agape love word, the God kind of love word. And here's what it means. To have love for someone based on sincere appreciation. And high regard. It's a loving respect. It's a sincerity. It's it's not for what I can get out of you. It's I really appreciate you and I respect you. It's genuine loving concern and respect. Love that is faithful, patient, kind, and not selfish. And that's the same love word we see referred to in this larger passage about the way that God loves us. And it's this excuse me, the same love word. That we put on these love clothes for how we relate to each other. Now, this word bind bind us means to bring together, to unite. Okay, so... Above all, clothe yourselves with this agape love, which brings us together into this unity. And then perfect harmony is actually this word that it refers to a state of perfection. It, it's implying some process of maturity. So we could say, bring this, let, put on love clothes, make a decision, right? It's, you've got to make a decision. It's not just hit me with it, God. No, you've got to actively make a decision to put on love clothes that will bring us together, that will bring us together with perfect unity. It's a growing unity, a growing unity among us in our relationships with each other and other people that's getting better and better. Unity that is growing, that's getting better and better. Uh, we we so, what we would say is that let love bring us together in growing relationships that build unity i don 't think that it's a god idea that you just make a blind decision to trust each other. I think we do make a decision to trust each other, but it is a god idea that we would build it that we would show our love for each other and listen, we believe that who you are is more important than what you do but What we are called to here is make decisions, live in such a way that we're building a unity, a sense of community, a sense of belonging that is growing into perfection, that's getting better and better. Now, listen, I know that right now today, this might sound impossible. Maybe you're stressed, you're losing sleep. Um, and I want to talk about that a little bit because I do think it's relevant here. And the interesting thing is that um, Roman historians recorded that the Colossians experienced a major earthquake and that Cities in that area, Colossae, that region included, had damage that took them a while to recover. And the damage included the buildings, and the damage of the earthquake also included this new water system. You may know that the the Romans built roads, established the idea of citizenship and protection. Uh, but you might also know... Sorry about that. But you might also know, so the Romans built roads, and then they also built these aqueducts, this kind of idea of plumbing, ways of getting fresh water. And so the Colossians experienced an earthquake that damaged their water system. And that happened about the time that this letter was written, either right before or right after. Either way, this passage was written to people who had experienced an extended period of stress which may have affected them even more seriously than the past year has affected us. But let's talk a little bit about the damage of an extended period of stress. It can have negative results in most of the areas of your physical health, your, your mental health, your emotional health. It can, extended periods of stress can affect um, all the systems of your body. Um, worry directly causes negative impact on your health in a variety of ways. And scientists and doctors, scientists who study um, biology and neurology are looking at the physiological effects of stress on our health. Uh, It includes um, Professor Robert Sapolsky who wrote the book, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Uh, What people are finding with all these new brain studies is that in our brain, there's this area called the hippocampus. It's the part of the brain with the critical role in the formation, organization, ...and storage of new memories as well as connecting certain sensations like smells and emotions to these memories. It's also the area um, of the brain that's most susceptible to damage by stress hormones... Doctors actually find atrophy, a shrinking of the hippocampus in the brains of people who are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and major depression, and that can be affecting millions of people in America, let alone around the world. So extended periods of stress cause us to focus on ourselves out of self-preservation, uh, and that is can be good and healthy, something that God even hardwired in ourselves. Hey, uh, when I'm stressed, um, I need to make sure that um, I can do what I, I, whatever I can to stay alive. I, I need to be drinking water. I need to make sure that the, the food source is, is protected. I need to be taking care of myself. I need to be breathing. I need to be looking out after the people that I'm responsible for taking care of. But what can also happen over a period, uh, extended periods of stress, is that self-preservation can go to unhealthy levels, uh, and, and that can include withdrawing from others. In fact, as studies have shown, that extended periods of stress reduce empathy. Um, it's it, where we don't have as much compassion for other people because we're focused on ourselves. And I think that for the sake of our health, right now, one year into the effects of coronavirus, we need to just be honest about the effect of extended periods of stress. Because studies have shown, and and certainly God speaks through the Bible to say, that social connectedness is important as a protection from stress-related damage to your health. So being in connection with each other is important for your health. But extended periods of stress make it difficult for us to sleep, experience pleasure. Uh, receive love from other people. They make it difficult for us to connect socially with other people in healthy ways. And now we've had the coronavirus, it's made that only more difficult. It makes it difficult for us to care about other people. Some of us have experienced um, compassion fatigue over the past year, Uh, whether it be related to coronavirus and its challenges, the economic effect in jobs and different things, Uh, whether it be around issues of racial social justice and not wanting to see people killed in the streets um, by state-authorized representatives, not wanting to see uh, murder, not wanting to see suffering, not wanting to see the effect of of increased uh, domestic violence and drug addiction and these different things. Well, what can happen is... Today we're able to become aware of the suffering of many more people than we are able to help and that can pile on to this extended period of stress and it's it's good for us to pray it's good for us to learn about the suffering of the world because It helps us to be more sensitive to the people that we do have a chance to communicate with, that we do have a chance to listen to, that we do have a chance to serve. That's why we are involved with this grocery distribution, right? Because we've got the ability to learn about what's going on with more people than we're going to have a chance to talk to or really build a friendship with. So it can be good for us, but it can also be damaging for us because what can happen is we can get empathy or compassion fatigue. We can get... Overburdened with worry and stress about all the suffering that's going on with the world, and it can limit our ability to love God heart and soul, and to love our neighbor in the same way we love ourselves. If we are overwhelmed with the problems of the world, it can limit our ability to love our neighbor. And so we 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 need to be helping each other heal have a sense of belonging, of love, listening to each other. We need to help each other process what's going on, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, bring it to God, receive healing, receive freedom, receive some fresh inspiration, uh, and and to know what we should do about it, what we can do about it. And the reality is, it's going to take a miracle, but it's a miracle that's possible with Jesus Christ. Remember, we receive salvation Forgiveness of sin. We receive the opportunity to have a place in heaven after this natural life. God has already done miracles. So the miracle that we need to care about other people in a time of extended period of stress is a miracle that God can do. But I just want to talk about it openly. We've got to be honest about the fatigue that we may be feeling, the hopelessness that we may be feeling uh, towards change. We got to be honest about that so that we can process, so that we can heal, so that we can have some clarity about the reality that who we are is more important than what we do. And that God has one step in front of us that we can do. If I start to see, Hey, God loves you. And I want to tell you that today in no uncertain terms, God gave you life. God Loves you. You are a child of God. You are dearly loved by God. You are favored by God. God is the giver of life. God has loved you generously. God is going to continue to love you generously. You are a wonderful person. You're a wonderful person who God loves, who God cares about. Rebecca and I, we care about you. We want to share the journey of life with you, the burdens, the difficulty, the suffering, and the victories. And you can receive from God a a fresh sense of value on your life of identity and purpose. And that miracle is going to help. It's going to help us interact with this verse. Let's go back to the verse. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, that agape love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let love bring us together in growing relationships that build unity. You're looking so good in your new clothes, the new clothes of love. And listen, I'm so thankful that this is easy to talk about in this sense because we are a church who lives like this, who does this. We help each other move. We, we, um, this week, we, we've been preparing meals for, for people that, that need that extra love and support. We've been helping each other, loaning vehicles in, in car accident situations. We, we share the burden of, of, of suffering alongside each other in these medical emergencies and pipes bursting and things. We listen to each other because we love each other. And that is the kind of church that we are. So here we are in, in this part five of what's next for us as a church of Colossians 3, 14. And the phrase that we're looking at today from it is where everyone can find a place that they fit, where everyone can find a place they fit. Now we probably need to rewrite that a little bit um, because I think it puts too much responsibility on the person who's coming in and not the right kind of Bible um, God thought about our responsibility to help people, and I think it puts maybe a little bit too much emphasis on the what you do. That what you do defines whether or not you fit. And that's just not true because who you are is more important than what you do. And we got to resist the temptation to find our identity in what we do first and foremost. What we do matters, but who you are matters most. God loves you. God cares about you. God can bring fulfillment. So how do we continue to grow in this point of the vision? Well, we've got to view our responsibility as a church family to welcome people to learn about them, to listen to them with an intent to understand. We're going to talk about that here. So what I want to bring up for us um, in closing today is seven choices for a welcoming church family. Seven choices for a welcoming church family out of this passage from Colossians. Number one, we choose to show loving respect for people. I think that's really obvious from this passage of scripture that that's a God idea for us. But each of us personally, and then us as a church family, we've got to make that decision. We're going to choose to show loving respect for people. And clearly what we're talking about is all kinds of people. We're not going to eliminate, shut out any kind of person. No, we want to show equal loving respect for people. And Um, that is really important. A sincere appreciation, a high regard. How do we do that? Well, the second choice for a welcoming church family, we choose to actively listen to people with an intent to understand. Listen to people with an intent to understand. Now, we want to be careful that we don't start with this idea that we know how sh- someone else should respond to the difficulties in life when someone is angry when someone is depressed when someone is hurt when someone is struggling and maybe they're they're going through a life experience that you had but they're responding to it in a different way we don't jump in and say hey you got to respond to that differently no we want to listen to them with an intent to understand why are they feeling the way that they're feeling? Why? What, what is it that's going on? We want to ask good, open-ended questions and listen and just listen with an intent to understand to come along them. The third um, choice to be a welcoming church family is we choose to live, what does it say, putting on these clothes with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, that would probably take us five or six weeks to talk about all the aspects of it, but it's something that we need to be thinking about, praying through, asking God to help us to put on those clothes for how we relate to each other, people that are brand new to us and people that we have known for quite a while. The fourth choice for a welcoming church family is we choose to forgive people Because God forgave us. This is an unavoidable truth. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, really quick, you're going to hear Jesus talking about this in a very specific way. God has forgiven you, so you must forgive other people. Now, most of our church, we've been together for a while now. And what can happen when you've been together for a while now is you can get some bumps and bruises and you can have some hurt feelings or some resentments that are unexpressed against another person. And we've got to practice the instruction Jesus gave us in Matthew 18 to talk those things through and to choose to forgive, to choose to make possible a path of restoration. And what happens in just human nature is that we start to look at each other Through a lens of what's happened in the past, we start to look at at each other through a lens of what we think is possible for that other person. And we can even do this about the church. This is what I think this church is like. This is what I think it's capable of. But here's the truth. Everything is possible with God. And we need to ask God to give us a lens to see other people and to see our church family the way that he does. Because change is possible. Miracles are possible. New growth, new improvement, new ways of thinking, new ways of talking, new ways of feeling. That's possible with God. And so when we forgive, we've got to ask God for help. And I want you to even think Am I limiting what God can do in our church based on what's happening in the past? God, forgive me for that. This is something that I've prayed. I have prayed because I'm human too. And I can, as time goes on, look at different ones of you or look at our church just based on the lens of past experience or maybe even a prejudice or maybe even a misconception or a misunderstanding. And that's not good for healthy relationships. So what we've got to do is pause long enough to take the time to say, God, help me see this person. Help me see this group of people the way that you do. Help me see your potential for that to choose to forgive to choose to be honest, to choose to make a path of restoration possible and to ask God to help me relate to this person or this group of people based on what's possible with you. Okay, so uh, number five in the choices for a welcoming church family, we choose the agape love motivation for growing relationships that are aimed at unity. We are making a choice out of the God kind of love to live for to work towards relationships among ourselves and among everybody we welcome into the fellowship for a growing unity improving unity an improving sense of belonging an improving sense of peace. the reality is that in our church family there are no two people who are alike right you know only um Only uh, Melinda and Jay are having an elderly family member in their home that they are caring for them. I'm the only 46-year-old white male who's been a skateboarder and worked in theater, right? Only Daniel is a young African-American um, architect who grew up in Baltimore City. We have people in our church that are unique, but the way that we build a sense of belonging is welcoming each other, being proactive about these decisions, reaching out to each other, and communicating, and I hear it takes a miracle, But miracles are possible with God. So we choose that agape love motivation for growing relationships that are aimed at unity. The sixth choice for a welcoming church family is we choose to live in peace. Last Sunday, Rebecca delivered an excellent message about the value of peace in our homes and talking about peace in general for all of us. Uh, The seventh choice is for a welcoming church family is we choose to represent Jesus Christ. This passage in Colossians specifically says that. And this was written to people who are like you and I, who had strengths and weaknesses, who had made massive mistakes in their life and had bad habits and, and addiction issues and different things. And but we're receiving salvation, receiving forgiveness and cleansing, receiving a new heart from God through this miracle of Jesus. We're told to make a decision to represent Jesus. To represent Jesus in our interactions with each other and the people we're welcoming into the fellowship. It's really important. Now, remember, this is what Jesus makes possible. This is what we must actively pursue. It will bring multiplied benefits. The early church in these first couple of centuries in this region that went from North Africa into, into Europe and, and touching the Middle East, they were known. As having a revolutionary, not before seen, totally unique from the 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 Persian culture, the Roman culture, the Greek culture, they were known for being completely unique in having mutual respect for each other, submitting to each other, loving each other with mutual respect in a way that was revolutionary. That's what they were known for, and it crossed racial lines, and it crossed. There were people that came from society that was male-dominated and and chauvinistic. It came from people who were in in cultures that were female-dominated and female-centric and the worship of female deities. It came from people that had ageism, that had um, prejudice against each other based on age. There was racial violence. There were people uh, beating up and killing others based on issues of race and based on issues of citizenship, what country they came from. There was a miracle that happened right here at the time of this letter with this group of people in a building sense of community. And so God can do the same miracle with us if we will make these seven decisions. That's why we say that we see a church loving Jesus in a way that people talk about. We see a church where people will find salvation and healing in Jesus we see a church helping people find careers and peaceful homes. We see a church where everyone can find a place they fit. We see a church serving the city with love that works. I hope you'll join us at the grocery distribution this Saturday. Listen, I care about you so much. I know this has not been an easy year. Please don't get isolated and and. and, and and hide what you're going through, talk to Rebecca, talk to myself, talk to our other small group leaders, get connected, make a decision to prioritize connection. Will you allow me to pray for you as I close today? God, I thank you that you are a miracle worker, that your love is different than love we experience from humans, that your love is supernatural. It's a miracle level. It changes us. God, we need help with this lesson from Colossians 3.14 today. I ask, would you please do a miracle in our hearts? Help us to see other people the way that you do. Help us to see the potential of our church family the way that you do. Help us to receive forgiveness from you and to give forgiveness to others. Help us to build relationships where there is a miracle level of unity that is growing into perfection, where everyone can have a sense of belonging as we go on this journey together. I thank you that these miracles are possible with you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I do hope that you are able to share this. And we're putting out shorter videos that are easier to share on all of our social media, uh, whether it be YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So find us, follow us there, and reach out to us. We care about you. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.